guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas and I'm joined by the incredible, by the coquito drinking, Beverly Bryant. Oh wait. That was my line. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not even drinking coquito yet. Come on. Hi guys. Um, and we are having our best of the year, end of year list. Because you know what, if everybody and their mother and McDonald's had a best of year, so can we. And we should, because we're going to talk about... A lot of artists that you might not find on some end of the year lists and who probably should be. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of been a shit year, but actually music's been pretty good this year. So we're, you know, we're going to try to hit all the marks or as many as we can. Um, a lot of songs that we've been wanting to feature before and they just haven't either even fit or like we had guests or just bullshit. So like here we are today, we're gonna give you a really great playlist. I'm really excited for what we got. For example, we're playing La Estrella Irregular by Algodón Egipcio. Let's finish that out and then we'll talk a little bit more about what we've got in store for you guys. released a diss track about it um i think the catchphrase of the year is dumpster fire yeah this is the year i think i heard people say that more than ever because it was it's just so apt to describe everything that happened this year yeah it really like this really was intense and like i i'm not one of those people that gets behind the whole like oh this has been a shitty year you know can't wait for 2017 new me new year new me like, I'm not one of those people, not, but I'm well, like... Not, no one's like, saying that this year. A lot of people are saying it. But really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who's like about to join the gym and I keep pushing it off. I'm like, maybe it'll be a resolution. Who knows? Um, but you guys are not here to hear about our failures. You're here to listen to some music. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
Isn't that unfortunate? Anyway. We forgot you were there for a second. Sorry. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. Um, uh, no, we were talking about a, a something that was definitely not a failure, the very artistically successful um, La Confianza Ciega yeah. by Algodón Egipcio. I think one of the best albums of the year came out earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about the album and especially the song La Estrella Irregular is the the beats are very off kilter. Yeah. But um, the vocals and the melodic lines are um, so sweet and bright. And there's a lot um, in this album that could be interpreted as being about um, difficult relationships or loss of faith. Could also be interpreted as you know being about um, Venezuela and right. you know the <clears throat> deep political rifts there. Um, and what I love about it is there's so much that's conveyed musically that you can't put into words. I've gotten to write a few different, um, reviews one way or another about the songs and the album itself, but I still haven't been able to quite convey, I think, the way the music expresses, um, a lot of this almost indescribable mixture of pain and happiness. Well, I think I think I can put my finger on it a little bit. Because, um, like, I remember the first time I met Chequi, Algodón Egipcio, um, was four years ago at my first Festival Normal. And this was in Monterrey. And he was, like, playing just some random showcase with, like, these punk bands from Puerto Rico. And, like, I remember him then. And, like, because he's a really shy, really cool, really soft-spoken person. And it was just a very low-key set. Like, his music then was very, um, very layered. He, he definitely hid behind his music. Um, like, you couldn't hear... Like, there were lyrics to his songs, but you couldn't understand a word he was saying. Um, and so with La Estrella Irregular, he kind of just, like, blossomed. Like, it's still fuzzy. It's still asymmetrical. It's still a little bizarre, but it's a lot more accessible. He warmed up quite literally. Like, the music is very tropical. Um, and like now you go to one of his shows and it's a lot more dynamic, you know, again, like he, he's definitely done a lot of growing as a, as a performer and as a musician. Um, and I'm, I'm like really proud of him. Like this was a really, really great album. No, like that's the thing. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you are an Algodon fan and you haven't listened to this, you need to get on it. If you have not checked him out or you didn't like his stuff before, you should really get on this because hands down, this is some music that really rewards repeated listening. And, yeah. you know, there are a handful of albums like this that come out in a year where you know you are going to care about them a year later. And this is one of them. Repeated listening is maybe the best expression to also describe uh, our next track. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm Possibly for different reasons. One of the albums that I had on play nonstop this year, uh, was Los Walters' most recent album, uh, Isla Disco. It's just such a good album. Oh my God. The first couple of plays were a little strange because I was already a big Los Walters fan and I felt a little bit like it was too similar to the previous albums. I was like, oh, it's kind of the same. And, you know, I already loved the, the first few albums, so I wasn't that mad about it. 
But then as I continue to listen, I notice that there were darker undertones. Like, it just feels darker. The first two albums, you know, Ponte el Casco and um, something, Vista Panoramica, I think is what it's called. Like, it's they're very much daytime albums. They're, like, driving, like, you can really see yourself driving around Puerto Rico, getting to see Puerto Rico, like, beautiful, sunny, lush. And now Isla Disco is nighttime. And they're taking around, and it feels darker. It feels more nocturnal. Um, not quite political, but they definitely took some risks with, with their music arrangement. They have a couple of really interesting features, one of them being Elisita Punto uh, from Macaroni um, in Chile, which is, again, like they're like the gods of synth in Chile. Um, and the song that I want to play is actually Baby. Um, it's not a single. It's like not necessarily like super incredible wow. Um, but it's just definitely like my favorite one on the album. Let's go ahead and listen to that. All right.
really see what you mean by that being um, nocturnal sounding. Yeah. Um, again, it really like that. You know, there's like that very sort of. Um, it feels almost like a like a running engine. It's just like like I I love that. Yeah. No. Totally. It's like you're driving by the ocean mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it's nighttime and there's a moon out and the those high synth notes they're like little bits of glint of moonlight on the water. Yeah, it, like, there's something kind of aquatic about it also. Like, I really, really like that song. It's, again, it's my favorite one on the album. And just the album is great. Like, there's one or two songs that are, like, a four out of five, and then the rest are, like, fives out of five. Like, they're amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing album. Again, run, don't walk, run to your band camp, and, like, buy this album. Can you tell we're really hyped on all the songs that we're playing this this uh, episode? I mean, it's the best of. I mean, if we weren't, we'd just be out here like being dumb. Yeah, no, we mean it though. We didn't just pick some songs. Um, our roommate is like edging. <laughs> we can edit, girl. This is like Drag Race. Um, what was I gonna say? Okay. And up next, uh, we're also gonna feature. So this is this is kind of an uh, unorthodox pick here, not because like of the artist, because the artist is Empress of, and you can never go wrong with Empress of. Um, but Empress of didn't put out an album this year. Um, she put out like a one-off single, um, and I wanted to feature it just because it was really important, you know. And it's "Woman is Woman is a Word." That's the name of the song, um, and I think. And this year, especially with, like, the candidacy of Hillary Clinton, you know, really talking about what women are, what women do, what women can't do, and that's not because of their shortcomings, but because of, like, the society that we live in. Like, this all came to a head. Um, So I really, like, I really appreciated, like, I really thought it was, like, and, and it's a great song, by the way. Like, it's just so fun. But it's heavy, you know. It definitely carries that weight of you know, woman is a word, and what does that word mean, you know? Um, and I don't know, Empress Hub is just a really astute artist. I really like what she's been doing. Um, I've been dying to actually play a different song of hers. I was debating whether to go with this one or the other one, because she had a phenomenal feature on Blood Orange's album, which is also one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, so, like, she's really been out here. She hasn't done too much in 2016 other than tour, but like what what new stuff she has put out has been really smart, and I'm just I'm really here for Empress of. That's that's one thing I really like is um, how many really brilliant, really brilliant people are making music and working in the vein of electropop or electronic music. Sort of, um, you know, there maybe are still some people who associate uh, depth with guitars. Yeah. But it's sort of that entire idea is being obliterated over and over again these days. That idea is a little male and it's a little white. It is. It's it's called um it's it's a social disease. It's mm-hmm. it's called rockism. Yeah. Oh god. Um but uh and you know I love guitars. So I'm saying this like not even from an ideological standpoint. Right. It's just it's the truth. I feel like these days like when people think that something is deep it has to be either like really obtuse electronic music or it has to be like a guy on an acoustic guitar. Those are your only two options. And for some reason, both of those genres are never associated with women. So thank you, Empress of, for being out here slaying the game for all, for all us childrens. So yeah, this is uh, Empress of with Woman is a Word. <laughs> Thank you. 
electronic pop music um an ep came out this year uh by an artist called noia that's o that's n-o-i-a and she's from spain oh and she lives in brooklyn now though oh and means she's accessible yeah maybe um maybe she might want to come on the podcast sometime I was just saying, I was like, maybe we can go catch a show, but hey girl, if you want to show up on this podcast, we are amazing. We have dozens of likes on Facebook. Yes. um, Every episode, at least five people listen to it. At least? At least. At least. Um, As many as five people listen to it. Um, No. uh, Yeah, no. And so this EP had a lot of great tracks on it and... um, what I really liked about it is how um, the contrast between, like, how lightweight, almost, like, you know... Uh, ethereal? Not quite, sort of, not really quite ethereal, um, I would say, because it, it's definitely in the material world. 
I feel like she lives in. Um, it's sort of, but it, it is like, it has a light spirit, the sound anyway. But okay. then a lot of times the lyrics are kind of heavy. You know, um, it's a good contrast. Yeah, and um, people like to do it, and it's it's ironic. But in this case, it seems like somehow more prof- profound than just ironic. Like I don't know, this song is like honestly like the sentiments kind of crush me. Um, the song is called uh, "Nostalgia del Futuro," mm-hmm. what, or like how do, how does one say nostalgia in Spanish? Because I'm really pronouncing that really wrong. Nostalgia del futuro. Nostalgia del futuro. Very good. Del futuro. That's that's how the song. That's what the song is called, <laughs> and it's sort of um, this very heavy existential thing about desire, and it sort of makes it sound like life is a journey, but you never get to your destination. You never arrive. You Oof. never arrive because, like, sort of whatever you want, it's never. Once you have it, it's not what you want anymore because you have the thing. Think about it. You can never have your cake and eat it too. I don't know. The way she puts it, actually, it's like, it's like, oh God, life is fundamentally hopeless. But then if you listen to the song, it's like, we're in Ibiza and I don't know. You just, we let, let's just listen to the song.
was really beautiful. Um, you like it? Yeah, it reminded me like there was like a, a a really pretty, very it was pretty. I I feel like I don't say that about music enough. It was pretty. Um, and there was sort of an 80s quality to it, not 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 in your basic like oh, it's synth pop or whatever. It was some there was something about it rem- reminded me I want to say of like rock set or something like that. Maybe that's not the right band that I'm thinking of, but there was so- there's something about it that was very like woman of the 80s, you know, smoky music video. You know what I'm what Yeah, I'm no, like there's there's a girl, she's really got a, like a cool short haircut, she's yes. wearing a white pencil skirt. <laughs> yes. And no, it does kind of remind me of like how everything was like about like pastel crystals uh-huh. and feathers in the 80s and so it is it's it's exactly it's somehow it evokes those things for me in like a very synesthetic way without referencing any particular music from the 80s it's and so i love that because the song is about nostalgia for the future so it should ah. feel nostalgic but not in a way you can put your finger on it's not obvious yeah so that's the thing is like um just so many things about the music it's not conceptual um or not in an obvious way but it's brilliant Mm. The more I think about it, the more it's like some kind of like prism and I'm trapped inside the prism and we just, okay, anyway, we have to move on. No, I really like it. I'm definitely going to like give a listen to the whole EP and you know, you telling me that she's in Brooklyn now is great because it means that I can potentially see her perform live in the future. You let me know if you hear about her playing a show because I would like to go. Absolutely. Um, So I've got a couple more of my personal favorites from the year. Yes. Um... There is Nicholas Jar, mm-hmm. and now this album was really interesting. It's called Sirens, and Nicholas is from Chile, so we've got our Chile going on <laughs> like, once again. Um, and I love it because it reminds me of like suicide collaborating yes. with David Bowie when David Bowie was on like his weird low shit. Okay. And or like his later stuff or even like Black Star. Okay. You know, um you know because so this is dark. So this is dark. It is. Okay. But also like references like 50s sort of doo-wop rock and roll kind of a thing and but also very abstract and yeah, the lyrics are none of them are cheery. And, uh, Yay. but this track is different that I chose. It, um, it's like, it's like a very desolate cumbia. It's got this horribly lonely late night in a motel and you've just realized you have no friends and your significant other left you. And I don't know, you'll have to tell me what he's singing about because I don't understand the lyrics. Okay. But I, I love the feeling of unbelievable abandonment.
appreciate you bringing in the Nicolas Jar song. Um, I've been hearing about him from everybody, and it's just like kind of like blood. The, how I was talking about Blood Orange earlier, but like I've been trying to figure out a way to bring him in, and Preserve was gonna be my way because mm-hmm. like these are I don't want to say they're mainstream artists, but they're like gringo indie artists, you know. And so like I've been wanting to like to I, I I've been hearing everybody talking about the Nicolas Jar album, um, and so I'm I'm really glad I had a chance now to like actually listen to a little bit of it because. We just never have time to listen to new music anymore. Yeah, well, I think one thing is, like, you raise kind of an interesting point where, um, you know, an artist can sing in Spanish and be from Chile and be embraced by the world of gringo indie. Right. Um, And an artist can make music that is of equal quality, if not better, 
sing in Spanish and be from Chile and no one in the gringo indie world will find out about it. And so one of them will become like some kind of pitchfork fetish object and right. the other one will be overlooked. And I have no idea what really governs that. I mean, and I love Nicholas Jar, you know, but there's also like, you know, a few other artists that, you know, go on that list. Elado Negro being one of them. Yep. And, you know, uh, all of those artists are brilliant, but then there's some other artists where it's sort of like, you know, um, I feel like it's unfair to like point out anyone and say like, oh, well, they don't get the attention they deserve, but because also because the list is very long and I just don't really know what governs that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't cause like, I should know how the sausages get made. I'm a music journalist, <laughs> but I, sometimes I'm still mystified. Well, cause I know Nicolas Jar's father is famous like a famous artist if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. um i don't know exactly i think nicholas jar maybe even grew up in the u.s he grew up like in ran around in these in the indie circles here for a long time like i know mm. he's from chile but he's like i don't believe he's like born in, like he's not raised in chile okay um, so there's that yeah so i think like a little bit like El Lado Negro, like who, you know. Oh, I guess it, yeah. So if you're in the U.S., there's also right. that. Because he sticks to his Ecuadorian, uh, Ecuadorian heritage, but he's from Florida. Yeah. You know, and he, he, you know, and he's now been in Brooklyn many, many years. And he's That's like one true. of the big staples in Brooklyn now. Um, you know, but like everybody's like, oh, he's Ecuadorian. And I'm like, yeah, but there's more to it, you know, like. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's him embracing large chunks of his heritage and doing it beautifully. Um, and actually, since we are talking about El Lado Negro, I'm going to shuffle up the playlist a little bit. Like, we're going to change things around a little bit. Um, because I want to talk about, you know what, like, we've played El Lado Negro half to death here this, this year. Because his album was really amazing. Private Energy is one of my favorite, 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 favorite albums of the year. Um, Indeed. This is mine too. And this is one of those albums that... You know, talking about repeat listens, here's another sign of a great album. Um, you listen to it over and over again, and every single time you decide on a different song, that's definitely your favorite song on yep. the album. Yep. So you're playing one of the songs we, we haven't played, and one that has not yet become one of my favorite songs. Really? Yes. The last time I decided one of Elado Negro's song was one of my favorites was um, Transmission Listen, right. I decided, mm -hmm. was my current favorite. And so now you've moved on to one that's like one of the later songs in the album. Mm -hmm. And I think so, it's the closer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm going to let you let you take that from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like we're talking about best of the year. And I really like, especially now and like that we live in a Trump America, I felt really compelled to play Young, Latin and Proud. It's kind of like if, you know, especially like for Remezcla and the people that follow Remezcla and like people in like the Latin indie sort of scene. You know, the moment this happened, like I actually went to vote wearing my Young Latin and Proud t-shirt because, you know, I had a hope for a better tomorrow. Um, you know, unfortunately, tomorrow became never ending pain and death. Um, <laughs> you know, that's um, it is really like a special thing. And that's one that's like one of many reasons why I'm excited about Elado Negro's album, because it is kind of rare when a song and a record and the t-shirt for the record becomes like a phenomenon yeah. for people and a touchstone and like reaches fans in a way where they're, um, it, it becomes like a symbol for them. You yeah. Know? And, um, and just this week I, you know, cause I, I've, again, like I, you know, I'm, I, I am a late comer to Lado Negro and like in this, this album really blew my socks off. It's such a fully formed thought um, I actually had the opportunity to review it for Remezcla as part of their end of year, like best albums, you know, list. Um, 
And like it really sort of gave me a reason to sit here and really ponder it and really examine it. And then I realized, because this came out, what, like late October, early November? Like, like he'd been teasing it for a while, but it came out in the fall. And, it, you know, I realized... Yeah, no, it came out in November, but he'd been releasing singles yeah. steadily for more than a year, yeah. playing the songs. Um, and Actually, no, sorry, go on. Well, I'm sorry. Like, well, the point that, that I was trying to make is just like, after such a brutal year, this felt like healing. There was something about this album that was gentle and that it was that it was welcoming like it it really pulls you in um and it feel i described that it feels like a hug from a loved one but not like in a corny way it intimate it feels intimate it, it feels like a hug where you can like feel someone's heartbeat and you can smell like you can hear their breath you know it was just no, really yeah no and that's cool. and then it's called private energy so right. it's like it's really um fascinating um actually one thing I want to mention, I did get the chance to interview Elado Negro mm. for the second time recently, and um, one thing I feel like I can say, because it didn't go into the interview, is that um, he told me on the record that actually at this point, he's a little concerned sometimes sending the Young Latin and Proud t-shirts out into the world. It's hard to put... Um, it's, it's hard to explain, and I don't want to um, explain it wrong, but we've entered into this really terrible atmosphere. He wrote right. those songs in 2014. Right. And, you know, just some of the things he's told me is, like, how some of the meaning of the songs or the way he feels about it has changed a little bit. Like, you know, there's a part where in the song, It's My Brown Skin, where he right. says, it'll keep you safe, and... It will keep you safe in some ways, and now and like it just takes on sort of like it becomes more of a question. Yeah, it, it's my brown skin really uh, has sort of a startling new meaning, especially like in the in the opening line where he says um, it it glows in the dark and it shines in the light. It's just sort of like your brown skin is now sort of like a red flag. It's a it's very much a, an alarm, um, and maybe not so much in like big cities. But, like, in Montana, you know, like... And, and that's sort of what he was saying, where it's sort of like... Um, and, and don't take this the wrong way. It's like he's just... He's the sort of person who's going to consider the ramifications Absolutely. of everything Absolutely. that he's putting out in the world. And um, maybe with good reason, be a little bit uh, pensive about that. Where he's like, he's like sometimes I'm, I'm sending the shirts out to kids in Idaho, and I'm like... Oh, geez. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think you have to trust your fans, though. Well, and, and you know what? Just to, you know, just to offset that, you know, because, like, that is kind of, like, a somber new meaning. And, like, you know, again, post the election, everybody's been wearing their Young Latin and Proud t-shirts. So, you know, I actually am choosing to play something that's not political at all. You know, again, this is it where it's a very political album, you know, even though it maybe didn't necessarily intend to be as much as it is now. Um, this is, there's, it's a very romantic album. It's yes. truly beautiful. Like it's beautiful. Um, and that's another thing that like, I really love about it. And it's almost a shame that, um, and this is, we're going to, uh, giving this away guys, we're going to play both Elado Negro and Senny Rubinos. We'll talk about Senny um, in a bit though. No, but this is like a, a thing that I feel like, uh, is a shame about both of those albums where like, um, they contain these really powerful, um, political statements right but also really powerful songs about love and life and really complex emotions and experiences 
And those albums are so full, and musically, they are such tremendous successes for both artists. I see a lot of parallels between them, because also it was yeah. like both, yeah. both, both albums were coming from very personal places. They were written before a lot of these things happened. And um, it's almost a shame that we end up talking about, um, you know, racial politics in interviews when we're discussing these albums, because the albums are so much richer than that. Yeah. But we don't have 3,000 words for, you know, there are not enough words for these albums, I think is what I'm saying. Well, and we're in a time for statements. We really are in a time for statements. And, you know, uh, when we get to Senya, we're definitely going to talk about a statement that was made there. Um, but for now, like, just to wrap up on El Lado Negro, I want to play We Don't Have Time For That. It's just, to me, it's maybe the most beautiful song on the album. Um, there's, like, and I mean it almost aesthetically. Like, there's something so crystalline about it. It really is, like, it's colorful. I just see pastels reflected into space. It's just so pretty. It's so delicate. It's so light. And it's so earnest. Um, and, yeah, El Lado Negro really, 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 like, killed it on this album. I'm so, so excited and so proud. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and listen to that now.
Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Sorry, Andre just threw us way off. And then also, like, Richard is wearing um, a sweater over um, this plaid shirt and he looks exactly like the perfect 90s dad and that's also really distracting that is upsetting he looks amazing but um well and so yeah and so after talking about el lado negro like i really i'm like you know what let's get to the part of the show let's get to like the real meat of the potato here like best of the year right best best bestie best of the year there's more stuff that's you know maybe like stuff that you may not have heard but we'll get to that eventually for me the best album of the year was Senia Ruino's, uh, what was it? Black Terror Cat. <laughs> yes, which I still don't know why it's called that. I'm, and I honestly don't care. I, I like it. I love it. Um, with, uh, it's, hard, it's hard to describe the album, which is every bit a good thing. Um, it felt so fresh, like insanely fresh. Like I don't, I, I've never heard anything like it before. Um, it's so, it's jazzy in that it's very like, asymmetrical and all over the place. No, um, definitely a strong influence of like free jazz. Yeah, and it's just like I've 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 not heard anything like it before. Again, cuz it's it's funny. Like it's funny. Like she's No, it's brilliant. It's like knife sharp wit. The the way in which she sings and what she writes, you know, like um we'll, we're going to be playing Mexican Chef. Um and it's a really biting song. Like it's not only a political song. It's just funny like i mean the things that she says you know like you could you can see her singing it into a mic with a smirk um and i really appreciate that it's not something no, I, it's I mad hear very often. but she's laughing yeah but and then it's also like okay this is really in some ways i think this has got to be the song of the year because also mm. if this is the album of the year and this is our favorite song off of it then this is the song of the year i do believe that this is the song of the year i have no doubt in my mind and it's a tremendous feat because um, it's catchy as hell. It's a really fun song. Yeah. Um, but also, when you really listen to the lyrics, um, it's not just an accurate observation about um, race in America and immigrant communities in America. It's brilliant economic analysis. Yes. Like, this is like a master's thesis. Yep. Um, so it's just... And it's... And it's got an awesome hook, so it's just, no, it blows my mind every time I hear it. Nouveau America Bachata in the back. Yes. Here we go. This is Senor Ruinos with Mexican Chef. You are. 
besties best bests of the year right so in my eyes um senior rubinos had the best album of the year um and and for me to say that it takes a lot of like don't be biased don't be biased don't be biased because my favorite album of the year was amiga by alex Vanter. i again just like i have to say though it really is a top up a toss up oh you're not too you're not being biased in in recognizing that that album is freaking brilliant it's so good and i again you want to talk about like played like on repeat to death this was it like i've been listening to it since february and it came out in april <laughs> you know like um i you know i've played this and like i dissected it and i analyzed and over analyzed and i charted it and like and i really have to Thank you for telling me so much about it and bringing it to my attention because mm. it is such a rich and gorgeous and profound album. And I wouldn't know that because my Spanish isn't that good. Yeah. And like, I mean, Alex Ambanter has been saying a lot of things on like social media and on stage, but he hasn't really put too much of it in his music until now. Like um, his first like sort of solo effort um, which was Odisea, like when he first left Teleradio Donoso, 
Like, he had a few songs where he, like, sort of hinted at, like, you know, Chilean oppression and sort of, like, the strictness of, like, the government and the church and this and that and the other. And, like, and then he, like, kind of, again, was alluding to a lot of things with Como Puedes Vivir Contigo Mismo, which was on his last album. And then he started, like, did the video which references Paris is Burning. So, like, there's been, a, like, a lot of cloak and dagger here, you know? Like, there's been a lot of, like... You know, like, I'm saying a thing without saying a thing. And then Amiga came around. He's just done. And he is like, fuck this. We're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. And he talked about trans rights. And he talked about misogyny. And he talked about the patriarchy. And he completely shat on the government and on the church. And, like, you know, and, like, he just, again, he shit all over 2016. He put on, like, he put out his first movie, which won all these fucking awards, like, in Europe, and he won a, 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 some sort of film award in Seattle. Like, Alex Ambanter owned 2016. Two Grammy nominations, you know, at the Latin Grammys, when nobody, like... like Justice was served there. The Latin, the Latin Grammys did not have the courage to make a political statement now that Trump is president. It's kind of disgusting. And Alex Ambanter lobbied with the support of Nacional Records to perform Manifiesto about trans rights because like it was just like one of those it's it's just such an incredible song and you know he really is emboldened this year he's just like I'm out here I have a voice I'm gonna use it so many albums that came out this year are like that so many artists are yeah. doing that and it's it's so vital that people do it this time and you know, it can be hard and, you know, it's sort of like, it can be like a burden to be that person yeah. because then, you know, you're going to have to talk about this in every interview and, you know, and it can be scary, but so many artists really stepped up to the plate and gave us those albums that helped get us through this year without yeah. even knowing how bad this year was going to be. Yeah. And, um, I just, I'm just really grateful to those artists who have had the courage to do that. Yeah. And, and really dig deep and create this incredible uplifting art like they have. And with Alex, you know, I've, I've, I've mostly highlighted like the dance aspect of it. Cause like this album, it had two very distinct halves to it. There was the very dancey poppy stuff that we know him for that he com absolutely completely like infused with like the political aspect of it. And then you have the B side sort of, which is, more mellow, more ballads, more romantic, uh, a little sullen at times, but it's really beautiful. That like at at first he was really like um, focused on entertaining and sort of like shaking you, and then on the second part of the album he was more interested in dazzling you. He was he he sort of took took a step back and was like, let me show them what I can actually do, and he like really just came up with these beautiful string arrangements and just incredible orchestration um, an evening with alex and wanter but it feels very that like if you don't even listen to the first half of the album like if you just if it were like just an ep of like all these like second part of the album songs it would be like a completely different side of him um and the song that i chose to play um is que sera de ti mañana uh, which uh, you know i know a lot of people who were very excited about it because it's just him on an acoustic guitar um, and it has a very tropicalia feel. It's kind of like a, a slight nod to his Brazilian ancestry. 
Um, I didn't know that about him. Yeah, I think his grandfather on his father's side is Brazilian. Huh. Um, and yeah, and like he, you know, he sometimes goes to Brazil and like he'll put it on social media. I, I'm like, we're not like besties or anything. I just follow his social media. Um, and yeah, like he, he, he doesn't speak too much about it, but he like definitely recognizes his Brazilian ancestry. And so, the, yeah, there's a, definitely like a, like, a, like a Gilberto Gil sort of um, or Caetano sort of vibe to it. And I really, really like it. Um, okay, well, it's been long enough since um, I heard the album that I... Let's listen to it again. I want to hear it. All right, here we go. This is Que Será de Ti Mañana by Alex Ampanter. Que Será de Ti Mañana Si ya casi no nos vemos más Un día se va a olvidar que somos como Yo trabajo todo el día, él confía en no volver a ver una cicatriz, un brazo, la revolución donde quedó, si cada día tranzas más con el capitalismo, tus amores te van la plata buena y queda todo triste triste Thank you. 
almost forgot. I was so excited that I forgot about Alicia Crimpton. Um, this song, After Woman, for Bartolina Sisa, it was made in um, collaboration with a producer named Rabbit. And Rabbit? Rabbit, yes. Huh. And uh, all of the songs on um, the on uh, this this release, um, Alicia Crampton presents Demon City, were collaborations. And um, one thing I like about Alicia Crampton as a producer, um, besides the really uh, inventive combinations of sounds and musical ideas that you find in her music and her productions, is that. Um, Everything she does is informed by a lot of reading she does, like really deep um, theory type stuff. And so for instance, um, one reason she did this album this way is because she wanted to sort of like collapse the idea of like authorship and hmm. it's very postmodern. But also I'm sure it's because she wanted to work with a lot of these folks. Um, she know Amobi's on there, cool, some good stuff. And um, the way she did it is she sent materials to her collaborators, sort of like a folder with like um, the parts of the songs and then they would sort of work on it together from there. So it's all kind of like a hodgepodge. It was all very like, this is what we got, let's just do it. Yeah, and it's very, very hard to really um like it's improvised pick apart which part was done by um well it's sort of the thing it's like it's like all um all the materials that she put together were sort of like the album and part of her contribution to the album right and then she would find out what her collaborators were going to do with it hmm. and then you know in some ways it was more of a collaboration sometimes she just like gave it to them and then they did what they were going to do with it but then on top of it, further complicating this is that um, this album is also tied to um, a theater piece that she did and has been performing um, where it's sort of like she plays a DJ mix and then she or someone else reads from the script that um, she's written and it's this like sci-fi vision about um Elijah Crampton's originally from Bolivia okay and this is based on the life of a Bolivian anti-colonial freedom fighter Bartolina Sisa here we go who eventually she was captured and horribly drawn and quartered and um Elijah had has this vision of some future time where androids reassemble uh, the body of Bartolina Sisa and she sort of rises again. And so that is one reason why this song that we're going to hear is called After Woman for Bartolina Sisa.
Caminando por la calle del pueblo cura Que nivel de calentura sudando el corazón Qué locura ardiendo el sol bravura Y una bandada de loras en las alturas La raza ya no aguanta más la tortura ¿Cuánto durará? Y estamos todos purpura Y hasta el pueblo se satura La selva se sulfura Vamos para reza que la lluvia no se apura Yo voy a cantar pa' que llores con dulzura Yo voy a cantar pa' que bailes con soltura Yo voy a cantar la tormenta ya madura Todos a la calle los trenos ya murmuran Como el agua, iré como el agua, claras por la cordillera. Tú vas bajando mi amor, tú me vas quitando el calor. No. Eres lluvia, eres como el agua, eres como el agua, claras por la cordillera. Tú vas bajando mi amor, tú me vas quitando el calor. Aguacero que revienta la Amazonía, gris sin pena, tú me hiciste alguna brujería y ya lo ves, ves, crees. Sabes lo que es, sabes cuánto yo daría por sentir Cálida es tan fría como el agua de la sierra Tan impenetrable como el centro de la tierra Es como es, tú me sabes comprender, detener Cuando pierdo la lucidez Es, es como es, como voces veloces Puro hechedoso sin envase Puta brillante como estrella fugace Hay que andar rezando a todos los santos pa' que baje Santo Severino no se enoje Vamos a hacer las paces Mande ya esa lluvia pa' que no mueran los Árboles. Necesito esa tormenta para relajarme Para relajarme Para relajarme Necesito esa tormenta para relajarme Eres lluvia, eres como el agua, eres como el agua clara o la cordillera. Tú vas bajando mi amor, tú me vas quitando el calor. Eres lluvia, eres como el agua, eres como el agua clara o la cordillera. Cordillera de la selva uh. Eres lluvia, eres como el agua Eres como el agua clara por la cordillera Tú vas bajando mi amor Tú me vas quitando el calor Tú me vas quitando, tú me vas, tú me vas quitando el calor Tú me vas, tú me vas, tú me vas, tú, tú me vas quitando Tú me vas quitando, tú me vas quitando, tú me vas quitando el calor And so we just listened to Yubia by Mateo Kingman, who was uh, one of my favorite discoveries of the year, which you actually brought in. Like, I, I learned about him because of you. You brought in Sendero del Monte a few months ago. 
Um, and I just really dig it. Like, I feel like Zizek had a really strong year. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Mateo Kingman uh, is a really great rapper from Ecuador. And he, like, really sort of pulls from all over Ecuador. You know, like, he pulls from the Amazon. He f pulls from the coast. He pulls from the mountains. Um, and he really has something to say. A lot of his work, a lot of his songs are about, like, environmentalism. You know, like, again, Sendero del Monte and Lluvia are just, like, sort of like, you know, embracing and being thankful for the earth and, you know, for the, what we have around us and to really not taking it for granted. It's um, another one of those albums that um, is really just like a, a beautiful thing to have this year where there's, there's so much that feels toxic. Yeah. Because like listening to this is just like um, very healing. Yeah. It was very immersive and cleansing and I, I really... I really appreciate it, and I thank you for for, for bringing him in. I, I got to see him at uh, at what do you call it? Uh, this thing, Colombia. Colombia. Thank you. I got to see him at Hermoso Ruido. Oh, I did play because <laughs> we were we were like, wait, haven't you played this before? I'm like, no. Yes, you played I, Uvia. I played Uvia before. Aww. Oh well, it is. That's we life. screwed up, guys. But no, it's seriously. This is both of our favorites, and we love it. And he was absolutely amazing. He. I am not mad. We played it again. He was my favorite. My favorite performance uh, at Hermoso Ruido. He really just tore it up. He, I was very very excited. Again, I, I walked away changed. Um. <laughs> Um, and what's next? Um, actually, oh, it's more of my choices. Um, that was a lot of my choices. Um, so, you know, I, as I just said, uh, Mateo Kingman was one of my favorite discoveries of the year. Um, and so I just want to add a few more of my favorite discoveries. I really, this was a good year for music and I, I really just had so many opportunities this year from South by Southwest. And it was a good year for us listening to music. Absolutely. Like, again, from South by Southwest to Normal to, you know, Ruido Fest. Like, I had so many tremendous opportunities to meet so many new people and just, you know, find and discover new music. And so Divino Nino really was a standout for me from Ruido Fest. Um, I had a chance to do sort of like a preview piece for Remezcla and, you know, about like all the Chicago bands that we're going to be playing. And in the process, I learned that Chicago has a really cool sort of burgeoning Latin indie scene. Yep. Um, and I had no idea. And the Chicago fam, Carolina and Jonathan, they've been like, no, 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 you really need to pay attention to what's going on here. Um, you know, so that's one of the things that I actually like would like to um, bring to Remezcla. I'd like to, to highlight a lot of the local talent that's happening there because in New York, it's a little bit more sparse. Like, we're not as unified as they are in Chicago. In Chicago, they, they're very much on message. Um, and so I really like that. And so Divino Nino, they have this really cool, super laid back, super beachy, sort of um, psychedelic vibe to them. No, I and they were great live. Like, yeah. At Rudo Fest, I like I was seeing like melting colors. Yeah, it was great. There were a number of people who like uh, Eddie, for example. He said like you know this was one of my favorite favorite bands. Um, it's like being inside a melting ice pop. You know, like a melting yeah. psychedelic colored ice pop, and, like Superman ice cream. And so yeah, and then back in uh, in May they put out a new album uh, called the Shady Sexy Fornia Tapes. Um, and it's just a really great album. Not a whole lot of people heard it. I don't know about the name, but okay. It's not a great name. It's well, maybe a questionable name. 
but it is a really great album. No, I will agree with that. The whole album sounds like a sunset, and it's really great. A melting sunset. Um, And so we've played, again, we've played a couple of songs of theirs before. Um, This is Pluma de Fe. This is one we haven't played before. Uh, I I really feel like it synthesizes sort of like there's more psychedelic aspects, and then like they're also really strong on an acoustic track. So um, again, this is Pluma de Fe by Divino Niño.
that was Las Piñas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about favorite discoveries of the year. Talk about like um, this was. It's so funny that 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 I'm playing Las Piñas just now, and that we were just talking about Divino Niño because Jonathan from Chicago just texted me, and he's like, "Hey, girl." get into this and we'll get into that in just a second but uh las piñas you know they saw them over there and they're like they're going to new york right after you guys really need to go see them this is incredible and it was such an awesome awesome show they actually played with brain freeze which i also uh played which in, in a past episode and, and made me feel really shitty for having missed that show that was such a fucking good show though girl so i guess the moral of the story is if jonathan says go see a band you go see that band shout out to the chicago fam each and every day um, but no, but what we were just kikikikikikiing about, there was some drama that unfolded in Mexico City yesterday and then now over the weekend. Um, by the time that you guys hear this, it'll be quote unquote last week. Um, and you know, what is but this just in? What is song mess if not actually messy? So have you heard of a festival invernal? No. So it, it's invierno, right? Winter. So it's winter fest right and so like they had all these bands it was actually a really cool festival is this like part of normal family um i thought it might be because they also don't have any uh uh, vowels in the name um but i'm not one i don't think so because it was normal should sue them it was very poorly organized so that's why i don't think this was normal um the uh the headliners were like ringo death star and, and la robertas um, we actually had some like really cool headlining acts and the Dromedarios Magicos is on the bill and a few other like local names, Young Tender. Um, and so like the big international acts were getting ready to fly in. They got to the airport and there were no tickets waiting for them. And then when they reached out to the promoters, the promoters ghosted. Um, so like... All of a sudden, I get home late last night from work, and like I, I get on Facebook, and like everybody's like, "What the fuck, Festival Invernal?" And like La Robertas released a statement, Young Tender released a statement, Ringo Death Star released a, a statement. Like we can't make it, and like mind you, Young Tender lives in Guadalajara. Like they were supposed to pay for the flights for that, and nope, disappeared. So like other than you know just being like shady and being like, "Well, fuck these people." Like there's there's multiple things that could have happened by the way the statement that the festival released was very crappy within itself it was just like oh things happened we're so sorry this is the first time such a thing has happened to us this and that the other whatever poor us we screwed up exactly what so um some people are speculating that like they just used the big ish names to attract people and never intended on having them here uh other people suspect that maybe a sponsor pulled out but then what people are saying is just like, so if you couldn't pay for the flights or whatever, why did you just not tell us? Why did you just let us show up at the airport and be like gagged? And mind you, Ringo Death Star, I think, lives in California, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and like Let's Roll Those in Costa Rica. And it's just like all these people showed up and like last minute, everybody was like, wait, huh? We don't have tickets. It's like, yeah, why would you waste someone's time like that? I mean, like legit, like, you know, last minute cancellations happen not for reasons this shady or shoddy, but like you can't just be like, whoops, we messed up and just be like, you didn't tell anyone, which means that you didn't expect to ever get these tickets. Hmm. And so like, there's been this whole shit show online 
which has been delicious from a gossip standpoint, but like it really sucks from a professional level. Um, there have been conversations lately because like, no, it's, I mean, think if like, you know, if you think you're going to be out of town, you're not going to take other gigs. Like they, this like will cost musicians money. A lot of money. Because La Robertas play a lot. They tour a lot. Ringo Death Star tours a lot. They play a lot. So you had to cancel. It's like one more thing where like it's someone kind of forgot that creative people, it's their job and it's how they make money. Yeah. It's sort of like, I'm I'm a writer. If you tell me you've got a job for me and I show up for that job and then you're like, oh, I was Whoops. just kidding. I was like, you know what I could have been doing instead of showing up for you? Yeah, that's really, really annoying. And I mean, like, it, it, uh, you know, Jonathan just texted me sort of like a makeshift flyer for Festival Infernal, um, which, you know, Infernal. Um, and uh, it's it has, like, some of the bands from the lineup on it. And like I'm like, that's cool, that's cute, it's whatever. Um, it seems that it's by the same organizers, but it's not necessarily to, like, make up for it. Or it's just It's just shady and shoddy. Um, there's been a lot of like festival drama recently, like um, Festival Frontera in Chile, which also had like a lot of big people. Like Mon Laferte was flying down all the way from Mexico to play it, and that shit got canceled, just canceled. Um, a friend of the show, Erich, uh, from Plop Radio, he had his own festival, and it actually happened. But afterwards, there's been some legal issues, which we're you know not going to disclose. But like it's been dramatic, and so a lot of people have actually like started raising the the, the question are there too many festivals that this is sort of becoming a problem? And like, because like, it's not only that the festival organizers and sponsors are being affected, but musicians are being affected as well, you know, because of whatever shady organization, but also like people can't afford all these festivals. Well, yeah, you'd have to wonder at what point is the market flooded because like all over the world, including the U S like there's a million festivals yeah. and it's getting to the point where there's, you know, the competition is really harsh and it's like, oh, that really maybe wasn't the idea. Yeah. You know, like, um, here we had governor's ball and everything was hunky dory and now, um, panorama. Yeah. The Coachella people yeah. have a competing festival here and then there was Meadows Fest and. Oh, you could, you could make it even more like personal to us. You could have it tailor made to us. Fucking Ruido Fest, LAMC, and Afro Latino Fest were all in the same weekend last year. And you kind of had to choose your babies. I'm pretty sure we chose right. But, um, you know, like that, it, it puts everybody in a really precarious situation. This year, they just announced actually, not the lineups, but they announced the dates for Ruido Fest and LAMC. They haven't announced Afro Latino yet, but hopefully it won't coincide with LAMC. Um, you know, and it's just like, it seems that like, you know, guy number one spoke to guy number two and they finally figured out that we shouldn't book everything on the same weekend because the truth is LAMC was definitely far worse than, than Ruido Fest because Ruido Fest has more money. Ruido Fest took all the good talent. That's just what it is. And, you know, it would have also, it would have been really nice if I'd been able to go to Afro Latino Fest, oh LAMC and Ruido Fest, especially because two of those were in the city that I live in. Are in, our, in your backyard. Fucking Afro Latino Fest was in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh, you know, I can't wait for Afro Latino Fest this year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Ruido Fest because I may or may not be at Primavera Sound. Um, but... Oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I have come. wanted to go to Primavera Sound for a long, same, long time. Same. It's like right behind Normal, which I've been to, so now it's not so bad. I've, I'm really kind of like the headliners. I'm very like, oh cool, Arcade Fire is gonna be there. Oh cool, Frank Ocean's gonna be. There. Grace Jones is gonna be there. 
Like, that's really kind of the main reason. And I just hear that the atmosphere is, like, far and away above any other festival. Sort of similar to... Yeah. Really? Similar to Normal. It's just, like... Oh, I hope that's true. Gets really high marks from everyone who's been there for how not annoying it is. Actually, I only know one person who's, like, uh, not liked it. Uh, Checky, ironically, Algo really? Egipcio, he went a few years ago. He, has, he didn't perform there, but he's like, apparently was there. Maybe he played with a band or something. Um, and he was like, oh my God, I still Can't have Can't a nightmares. guy go on vacation to Spain? Apparently not. No, I think, you no, know, because if he's traveling, he's traveling because he's got a gig. Okay, for That's work. usually how okay. that goes. Um, anyway, let's let's wrap up the show. <laughs> but that, was, that, was, that was the gossip portion of this episode, because if there wasn't trash talking, this wouldn't be Song Mess. Um, but yeah, this, this has been a tumultuous year with lots to say and lots to listen to. Um, you know, we're going to keep being out here messy and ridiculous and talking shit about everybody, especially the great orange one. Um, and yeah. You shall not be named. We're nearing our like anniversary, Bev. Can you believe it? It's been almost a year of this shit show. We made it. I I haven't stuck with anything this long except for like uh well okay boyfriend. <laughs> where I live my relationship um okay there's a handful of things I've stuck with for a while I had that one job for five years uh, anyway which was nice um but yeah and so you said I haven't actually heard our final song but you said it was kind of a really good way to sort of surmise 2016 I think so um and. So this came out recently, but I do think it's one of the best of the year, and I'm anticipating that the entire album is going to be one of the best things that will come out in 2017. Um, I'm talking about The Navigator by Hooray for the Riff Raff, and um, I first heard this song at um, the Sotros Fest right. uh, a few months ago before it was released, and... Um, Alinda Segarra's performance of it, you know, she is the the leader and and singer and guitar player of Hooray for the Riff Raff. And she also organized Nosotros Fest, which was this super awesome celebration of Latinx culture in, mm. you know, um, an incredibly inclusive and righteous way with great performers and... Um, this song really stood out to me and I didn't realize yet that it was from an album that was yet to be released. Um, I probably should have the single dropped and it's a really powerful song. Um, Alinda Segarra dedicated this song, um, Recon Beach to the water protectors in North Dakota and also to the people of Penuelas, Puerto Rico, okay. who have been protesting uh, the dumping of coal ash in the area where they live. Oh, phenomenal. Great. Corporations yeah. are so wonderful. Um, and, you know, coal ash is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, these are, these are related things because it's, it's people, these are, these are struggles that are related because they're people fighting for their home. And, and fighting for, you know, water is something you need to survive, you know. And the entire album, uh, The Navigator, deals with a lot of issues like this around people getting forced out of their homes, especially people of color, like, all over 
the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some ways, you know, she's actually from the Bronx and um, her family's Puerto Rican. So this is also about, you know, gentrification in New York. So um, this song really sums up so many things that people are fighting for. And it's incredibly beautiful. And it's another one of those songs where I'm just so happy that an artist is choosing to use their voice this way. And um, so, yeah, let's let's listen to Recon Beach. All right. Well, before we do listen to Recon Beach, because that's going to be what plays us out for 2016, uh, I just want to say 2016, bite my asshole. Um, I also want to say thank you to everybody that's loved and supported and, you know, been sort of like audio hugs over the internet to all of you. Um, you know, please remember that you can find us on all of the social networks, including the ones that support Trump. Um, so that's including Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can always email us at, um, what's our email? Songmessmusic at gmail.com. And where can they also listen to us, Bev? On iTunes. Yes, ma'am. They can subscribe to us on iTunes. That's what they should do. That's what they should have done already. Um, so yeah, again, big love to all of you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys in the new year. Hopefully 2017 will be a little bit brighter, a little bit lighter. Um, and I'm kind of happy that like in this episode, the only thing we're eulogizing is this crappy ass year. For once. We love you all. Bye, guys. See you next year. Safe travels. It comes with